Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app. Odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, who is with us this segment. Uh, Congresswoman, good morning. Good morning. Uh, let me, uh, tell me your recap of what we witnessed the last few days in Washington, D.C. Well, actually, I thought it was a very interesting struggle, and I thought it was really important that the American people got to see uh, what really goes on in Congress. And obviously, uh, I had a tough election in 2020. I had a much more comfortable uh, election in 2022 uh, in terms of vote count, but it was a, a really hard effort with my new district in New York's 24th. But I, I started the election integrity caucus back in 2020 or 2021 because I saw how difficult elections are. And I wanted to be sure that every legal citizen votes in every election. I obviously that's an altruistic pr- uh, position, but we get to see what self-governance is about and true representation. So it empowered a lot of members, uh, especially the people who were fighting for these rules changes, which, by the way, had been most of them had been agreed upon by the conference uh, weeks ago. But there was a few nuances that came down to the end. And these people knew that they had some leverage with a very narrow majority that the Republicans have. And they fought for these rule changes. And uh, and I thought it was a good experience for Republicans. And I think it's going to be an interesting time for us now to stand up and show leadership to be tough, to, to fight for things. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for Republicans and for America. And as a person who served in the New York State Legislature, when I left uh, in 2012 or 2016, the legislature makeup was about 108 Democrats to 42 Republicans. We had a narrow majority, majority in the Senate and we had Governor Cuomo. Now today we have one party authoritarian rule in Albany. And until now, we had one party authoritarian rule in Washington. Though we have a slim majority, I think we have to we need to stick together and make the most of this. So I think it was really good for people to watch it. And I'm glad that you stayed up until two or three in the morning because every American should be paying attention to what's going on in Washington with our representative government. It's important that we get involved, we get informed and we vote. Congresswoman, you know, we, we heard from Congressman Higgins. I heard on all the political shows uh, over the weekend that uh, the Republicans and Kevin McCarthy gave up too much uh, when it comes to the position of speaker. Is that true? Well, I mean, there are people who have argued that the, the rules have been, you know, gone too far. But let's let's understand something. Uh, you know, Congressman Higgins voted for all these rules changes when 
I would say the biggest authoritarian, the biggest abuser of power in the modern era, Nancy Pelosi, forced these rules in that resemble the rules of the state legislature, particularly the assembly, where members of the minority and Republicans have no right to introduce bills, can't get anything passed on the floor, can't do amendments. So what we did is restore the rules of the House that have been in place for over 150 years back to what they were when even the Republicans and Democrats uh, were in majorities in the past. So Higgins, I, I like the guy, but he signed on to Nancy Pelosi's really unfair, authoritarian, anti-constitutional rules. Now we're really restoring the rules of the 115th Congress and, and way back beyond that, even when Tip O'Neill was a, a member, of, you know, leading the House under the Democrats for many, many years, the same rules that uh, Newt Gingrich had. We expanded those rules to give more freedom and more opportunity to individual members, including the Democrats. They're going to be empowered even more than they are now. And they seem to be happy with what they call unity, which is what I call one party rule by Nancy Pelosi, who abuses power, undermines the con Constitution at every turn. And I think you saw a glimpse of what's going to happen under the Democrat minority under Hakeem Jeffries, who I also served with in the New York State Legislature who also was hatched under these really terrible rules of the state assembly, just like Chuck Schumer. They don't care about the minority. They don't care about other people in their district other than the Democrats. And I thought it was really inappropriate and really uh, just beyond the pale for Hakeem Jeffries to get up and do an A to Z of corruption by the Democrats, an A to Z of political hackery, when this historic moment was really about Kevin McCarthy taking the gavel. And uh, he got up and showed that he's truly a political hack and he's truly partisan and doesn't represent the rest of us in this country. Only the far left Democrats, much like the, uh, the Democrats that control everything in the House right now. You said earlier that Republicans now have to come together. And that's I think I speak for most Republicans when I say, you know, we, we saw what happened last week. Is, is any, are things going to get done now that we have a speaker or is it going to come back to what we saw over the last five days? You know, there's a lot on the agenda for Republicans in Congress to get done. Uh, the American people who voted Republicans then are, are hoping a lot of that gets done. It, it, are they going to are Republicans going to be able to come together and get those things done starting on Monday? The big question is, I think we can. The big question is Chuck Schumer going to be able to come to the middle. Is Joe Biden going to be able to come to the middle? Are they going to be willing to move to do what's right for the American people? Because we are going to stand strong for the American people. I think there's a couple things in the rules package that we could maybe amend. I'm a little concerned with my son uh, as a logistics officer in the Marine Corps. I'm concerned about too much restriction on federal defense funding while the Chinese have tripled the size of their of their forces while we continue to see uh, other, other other lawless authoritarian governments around the world, like the Chinese Communist Party uh, and others, build up their military. Uh, we see the Russians continuing to hopefully uh, lose, but we've we've got to recognize that if we uh, do not continue to maintain our defense funding, and I am all for accountability, as my son is uh, as a Marine, we need to be accountable. We need to be more accountable with the Department of Defense. It's something that President Trump instituted that was washed away under Joe Biden. So let's go back to accountability and streamlining the military, but let's not lose our lethality and the importance of having a strong military. It's very Reagan-esque and something that we need to bring back from the Reagan era. 
looking at that uh, that rules package and, and the first week of Congress, what are some things you're hoping is brought to the floor um, in the coming weeks uh, of Congress now back in session? Well, obviously, a, a lot of really good things about the rules package. Having a balanced budget, which, again, is going to have to be uh, something that we need to do. Holding uh, the Biden administration accountable on so many issues dealing with the southern border, making sure that we go back to some of the policies of President Trump and keeping a strong and secure border. Uh, I noticed it's real interesting that your listeners should know is President Biden is going to the El Paso sector uh, part of the border, which is not the worst area, by the way. But he's going for the first time in over 50 years in elected office to a real big issue happening uh, in our in our country, which is eroding our Constitution. It's putting our taxpayers at risk. It's putting our citizens at risk. It's hurting the immigrants and the people coming across the border who, by the way, are subject, many of them, to human trafficking, drug trafficking. We have a fentanyl crisis. But guess what they're doing down in El Paso the last few days, prepping for President Biden's arrival? They're cleaning up El Paso because they don't want the president to see the truth of what's really happening. And this is not being covered on mainstream media. So the border is a major issue, getting our our spending in place, unleashing American energy so that we are not forcing uh, our citizens into, uh, you know, this electrification uh, without any, you know, any all of the above strategy on energy that we simply cannot afford. You're going to see our seniors. Luckily, we have a little warm weather and a warm stretch here. But as, if we get into the colder months, it's going to be more and more difficult for Americans to get affordable energy. It's going to be dis- difficult to prosper, to flourish without having a reasonable common sense strategy toward lowering emissions, but also without hurting the American people. Speaking of the president's visit to the border, will there be Republican representatives at the border with the president at the same time? I'm not sure of that. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if anyone has been invited. So uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, some of the representatives in that region will be invited, but I haven't heard that. So uh, I, I'm not really sure. I, I, because it was last week that the president was with Mitch McConnell um, in Kentucky, I believe. So. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, now we've talked. Yeah. To- well, I would argue Kentucky. All states are border states since the Biden administration is desperately shipping immigrants everywhere where they can fit them into anywhere they can go. But Mitch McC- I, I don't. Kentucky typically isn't a border state, though we are in the state of New York. Looking uh, at the uh, the new Congress, we've heard of you know promised investigations, promised uh, committees. What can we for sure? Uh, plan on seeing out of Republicans in Congress this ne- these next two years when it comes to investigations, um, maybe into the president, maybe into other uh, factions of government? Well, we're finally going to get some accountability in the White House because the Democrats in power right up until uh, yesterday, actually, uh, refused to investigate this president, probably the most compromised when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party of any president in, in history or any politician, uh, you know, American politician. A guy who is all the evidence is there. It's just a matter of investigating and prosecuting, which is why I think one of the most notable changes uh, that the Republicans are going to be doing is instituting what they call a church style committee. Uh, The church committee was a select committee in the Senate that was uh, done in response to Watergate. We're going to be putting forth a similar type committee in the House investigating uh, and putting a resolution together to investigate the executive branch and what happens with agencies like the FBI and the CIA and what they're doing and failing to do and, and, and maybe dealing with some of this inappropriate and unlawful uh, coordination of Twitter and Facebook and Meta 
with our with organizations like the FBI and holding them accountable. You know, our top law enforcement agency can't be in the game of censorship, particularly censor- censoring based on political party and political views. So there's a lot that's going on here that's really concerning for me as an American citizen and should be concerning for everyone. Look, if the Republicans were in power and we were censoring uh, what comes out of Meta and Facebook and these powerful big tech companies, people would be upset. But we need to be focusing on this this issue. And I think that new church style committee that the uh, Kevin McCarthy and the House Republicans are going to be putting together is going to be a really good way of getting really to the heart of this matter. It's all going to be done, you know, in a secure uh, skiff, as they call it. Uh, but we've got good members that we hope are going to be on this committee. It's going to be bipartisan that can actually get to the truth of what's going on. I asked uh, Congressman Higgins this. I'll ask you the same question. Is is there anywhere uh, in the next two years that you think uh, you'll be able to reach on uh, agreements with Democrats when it comes to legislation, when it comes to bills brought on the floor? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that doesn't get talked about in the media because it's not popular, uh, because it doesn't cause for big headlines, is most members of Congress, most, I would say probably 80 percent are bipartisan. I signed a commitment to civility in my first term uh, with all my Democratic colleagues on the other side of the aisle. All of us did, our entire freshman class of the incoming 115th class, uh, to have a commitment to civility, to work with each other and to actually do bipartisan legislation. All my legislation is bipartisan, unless it's unique to my district or the state of New York in that case. That's different. But anything substantive, we reach out to our Democratic colleagues to make sure that we always advocate for our side, but find common ground where we can. I'm also part of a group called the Reagan O'Neill Dialogue Series. It's 12 Republicans and 12 Democrats, and we all work together. There's members of the Freedom Caucus. uh, There's Democrats who are on the more left side. We actually met uh, two nights ago to discuss what we can do to find common ground and to restore the civility that we had under Reagan and O'Neill without compromising our values, with standing up for what we think we can do to help this nation. So, yes, bipartisanship is abundant in the House. Uh, We just don't hear about it because it's not a good talking point for a lot of media. But uh, looking forward to working with my colleagues. Actually, it's interesting. We signed uh, this commitment to civility in 2017. When the Democrats took back the House in 2018, that was kind of the end of, of any civility and, and good and good faith from that group. And all of a sudden, last year, I noticed, as it looked like the Republicans were going to take back the House, many of my colleagues who had previously signed this uh, had decided, yeah, let's get back to that commitment to civility. Let's work on it. So it does take the Republicans being in the majority to bring us together. And I think, though, it's a narrow majority and though uh, we have some some differences, particularly the diversity of thought, which I think you saw, which I think is a great thing on the Republican side. You did not see that on the Democratic side, even though many of them may may not may be more moderate. They all subscribe to Nancy Pelosi's far left agenda driven by the squad and AOC. They didn't break off. They didn't work with us. I think now with us in charge, you may see more Democrats willing to cross the aisle. They're afraid of that because of the primaries. They'll have AOC and others raise against them. But it's time we take this country back to a self-governing constitutional republic that we are and not be beholden to this far left communist authoritarian type of uh, mantra that's coming out of the left. I know what it's like to live in a, in a communist country. I lived in communist Yugoslavia in the 80s. Uh, it is much better to live in a self-governing constitutional republic than an authoritarian regime. And we've got to take our country back. And I think the Republican majority, though slim, if we stick together, uh, it's going to be an arduous struggle 
for a couple of years, which is the way our our founders designed it, actually. I think you'll see a lot of great debates, but uh, we're going to get to resolution ultimately. You know, on uh, <laughs> this week in Western New York, obviously all eyes on DeMar Hamlin uh, goes into cardiac arrest on Monday. Very positive news over the last 48 hours. Uh, what have you thought about this week and uh, DeMar's recovery? Oh, this is just great news. I, I mean, look, everybody was, was uh, stunned last weekend. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. I go all the way back to... The, the, the bills of the 70s, that's how old I am. Uh, and through the years, I've been to games uh, with my son when he was young, and now he's a season ticket holder, actually. Uh, but uh, it is uh, just devastating uh, news last week, and just the prayers and what people have done and the, the, the helping Helmick DeMar's charity. We've got a, a beautiful sign on our, our door in Congress, and we've given it to members all across uh, Congress who have accepted it, uh, praying for him and his recovery praying for anyone who is injured uh, in this in this situation, but it, it's really promising, and, and, and our hearts, prayers, thoughts go out to him. I hope this inspires the Buffalo Bills, and they continue to be, you know, leaders in the nation. Uh, just a wonderful team. Uh, the, the reaction of the team and the coaches and, and, and the Bills fans has been tremendous. I know that I've heard some some uh, tough words from people saying, you're Bills fans, they're tough. I said, look how great they are. Look what they've done to stand up and really uh, show support uh, and really show the, the love and care that they have for our team and for everyone. So I'm just really proud to be a Bills fan again, once again today. Obviously, it's going to be an emotional uh, game in Orchard Park. You think the Bills are uh, victorious today? Absolutely. Of course. I hope so. I hope so. I hope my son's out there. He's probably out there. I don't know. I don't want to think about him breaking tables and things. Uh, I, I, I don't think today's a breaking tables game. Maybe after the game when we kick the yeah. Patriots out of the playoffs. We got to win. We got to win. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, then, and then we can talk about the potential neutral site game in three weeks. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks so much. Great to be on and go Bills. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 